Yo Gorillas, welcome to the next episode of the Athlete Insider Podcast. I'm really happy to be here today with a really special person from Russia. And uh, yeah, Matthew is here to, to share his story, to share his uh, workout advice and uh, like to give you a short introduction on who Matthew is. Matthew is uh, like one of the strongest street lifters, uh, like weighted calisthenics athletes uh, in the world right now. Uh, with uh, with insane records like the 195 kilo dip and the 125 kilo pull up, and today uh, hopefully you will share some some insights on yeah like on your training on your day to get people to know you better. So welcome, Matthew. Thank you so much. Welcome everybody. I'm Perfect. glad to be here, and I'm glad <laughs> to have you here. Um, yeah, because uh, it's a really big honor. A lot of people were asking uh, for you, and uh, yeah, so here we are. So the first question, how do you present yourself to somebody who doesn't know you? Well, I just present myself as Matthew, so like Matvey in Russian or Matthew to English speaking, English speakers. And if they ask about what kind of sport I do, what kind of activities I do, I present myself as a street lifter, as a weighted calisthenics athlete and the one the dude who trains on the pull-up bar and the dip bars with heavy weights it's basically the easiest way to explain my sport to a random person who doesn't know what street lifting is okay and i bet like a lot of people think you are some kind of bodybuilder you just do like the the normal bodybuilding yeah stuff. yeah they call me like local mr olympia or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I can, i can imagine like you you don't look like a typical uh, calisthenics athlete like of course like more like a weighted athlete but uh, like you are huge like how what, what are your measurements how tall and heavy are you uh right now i'm 182 centimeters tall around 98 99 kilos body weight I dropped around seven kilos so far in this season because I was like at 105, 106 at my heaviest, but I was really fat, so I had to drop some body weight. Right now, I'm feeling quite comfortable, but my goal weight is 95. Okay. Something and like that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. done. Nice. Uh, so that's like really insane. I'm I'm happy that you fit into the the image. Um, so <laughs> yeah, really happy to have you here. So for the people who who don't know your story like too much, um, how did you come to to weighted calisthenics? How is your uh, like your journey and calisthenics and fitness and strength training? Well, my journey is quite a long one, actually, and it started all the way back in 2012 when I one day I was just, I just decided to try myself and see how strong I actually am and tried doing push-ups in the morning. And I only managed like 15 reps and it was like very disappointing for me. I was extremely disappointed that I decided to get better. Like, and for a year, every morning, I did push-ups. I went from 15 to like 70. 75 and then my grandmother she knew some kind of like a, not a strength coach but rather a physical rehab coach something like this like a physiotherapist and uh, she gave me to him to like to bring up some weak points but this dude saw so potential in me and uh, i started training heavy in the gym like i did everything squats deadlift bench 
and at the age of 13 years old and a body weight of around 73 kilos, I managed to bench 105, like what? all the way back. And it it was like, it was a very crappy day actually, and it wasn't my real max, but the coach just said that, no, we are not going heavier, it's dangerous. Okay. But I was like ready to go for more. <laughs> and then... I had to take a break for around uh, six months or so because I experienced my first problems with arter like with hypertension, with high blood pressure, and this set me back quite a bit. But this also made me switch the focus to calisthenics because, like, my parents were against me training, like with in the gym, but they are just normal normal people. So, in the mind of a normal person. Like the gym is associated with extremely heavy, unhealthy loads, but bodyweight training is associated with something okay. But in reality, it's just load. So I used this exploit to continue training because I fell in love with it, like the first heavy session in the gym. So I found some local guys, like showed off a little bit with my pull-ups. Like I learned the one-arm pull-up actually at that age, at early early 14 years old and it felt great because everyone was impressed and it was extremely easy to make friends when you can just show something crazy on a pull-up bar like and it just i just got sucked in like i made some really great friends and switched to street workout like i did street workout for around uh, seven or eight eight months until like the new year of 2015 then it became really cold and unmanageable, really, to train on the streets. And I decided to go to a gym, but promised to my parents that I won't do anything like barbell, dumbbell related, just do bodyweight training in the gym because it's warm. And uh, also in February of 2015, I got to like to try weighted calisthenics for the first time. And I like it was love. It was just something that I was made for this. I really felt that. Like my first tries with the dips, it was 20 kilograms for 11 reps. Like, and back in the day, I did dips only full range of motion. So like shoulder, almost down to the bars themselves. Like it wasn't like a 90 degree dip like I do right now. Like in the beginning, I always did the, the dips with full range of motion. And actually, it served a very good purpose later because my joints were always prepared for some extra inches, like extra centimeters of range of motion, and I never got injured because of this. And uh, on the pull-ups, my first try was 32 kilograms for six reps, and then I tried dips with 32 and also got six reps. So like my first results were 32 for six on both movements. Wow. With... Uh, what age? Uh, 14. 14. Okay. 14 years old, yeah. And, and I... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good. Like, and then I just got up, got 7, 8, 9 reps, like, then 40 kilos. Then I learned the front lever because of my basics, mostly with attempts. Never really trained it, but when I started training it, it became even easier. Then one arm pull-ups came into play. I started training them also, went from three to seven, eight reps in like 
two or three weeks. Wow. Tried 10 kilograms, got two reps. Tried 16, got one rep. Then a bit later, got two reps with 16 on the left. Like also got some crazy stuff like one finger, one arm pull-ups. Like then later I tried it with 16 kilos at 15 years old and succeeded. It was in a competition and I never actually repeated it until 2017 when I did it for a video also like two times in my life I have ever tried this thing. Crazy. And when people want to watch it, I think a lot of things are also uh, what like uh, visible on YouTube on your YouTube channel. Uh, where you are yeah. younger, <clears throat> I think it's really yes. interesting to watch to watch the uh, the young Matthew with uh, long hair. Like uh, it's it's nice to watch. So for everyone who is interested, like uh, Matthew's YouTube channel will also be in the description, and it's it's nice to watch. So it has yeah, some story. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So and like, what is your secret? Like uh, just being like really direct like what do you think is is your secret to be making so much improvement in such a short time like is it the genetics is it your training form what is it well i never really had a secret i just got it quite easily like if i really pushed something it went it really went with me like it it's true for me like in general life as well so like If I push studying, it goes well. If I push language learning, it goes well. If I push training, it goes well. So I was just kind of used to this mentality already when I started training. So like I expected improvement and I got improvement. So like I didn't have that limit in my head that like this thing will be hard. No, like I just, but still sometimes I surprise myself with how much I improved in a short time. And is it, I don't know, maybe it's, Maybe it's genetic, but I have never laid myself back and never abstained from hard work in the gym. Like my problem was actually limiting myself because uh, I, like back in the day, I really tend to go into overtraining, not recovering well. Like I always love to push myself very hard. And later I got the point that like organizing this properly is the key. Like when you have that fiery temper in yourself, And you also apply like cold brain, cold analysis. And this, like the total that you get is perfect for progress. So it has to be balanced. Like you have the temper, you have the desire, you have the passion, and you have the cold-minded approach, the programming, the thought you put into this. And uh, with this approach, you get the best results. Maybe that's the kind of secret, but I think it's on the surface. So. Okay. Um, what I'm interested in is, um, is it difficult for you to um, be the first one doing things? Because there are some, like, if you watch at the numbers that you're lifting, you're, for quite some numbers, you're the first human being, like, uh, at least known or recorded who, who did stuff. And is it difficult in your mind to not think it's impossible for a human being? Mm, it takes some time to expand my limits. Like back in the day, I thought that 100 kilo pull-ups was hard, like were hard. And uh, but as you get stronger and stronger and stronger, like your lim mental limits also expand. So I guess now I'm basing things more of my personal feelings, of my personal experience, rather than 
like some kind of world record or anything because I have my own standards right now. Like I realized that if something is impossible for a lot of people, it doesn't mean that it's impossible for you. So it's that kind of mentality, like basing things off your possibilities, your ability. And it's useful not only for like breaking world records, but also for regular people who also tend to like have like pro athletes, world record holders, like the best people as their role models and trying to like be similar to them, like to be the same. But the thing is that you always have to ground your vision of yourself based, based on what you can do and what like your body is capable of. Okay. And That's you, the same for me. Okay. Do you have the situation sometimes that somebody um, says to you a 200 kilo dip is impossible? Uh, like it's impossible, Matthew, you should, you should like not try or are there situations like that? Well, after I boosted my dip from 185 to 195 in two weeks, then nobody had that notion anymore. Okay. But it was just uh, like that jump actually exhausted me. So I failed 200 kilo dip after. Like it was like, as a natural athlete, you have these jumps which are rare. And sometimes you can really boost your progress, but then you have to pay for it with like months of stalls. So, but yes, after the 195, no one, nobody even thought that 200 is impossible. Okay. Nice. And um, like I, I remember uh, being in Vienna last year uh, and sitting there with uh, Adam Raw, uh, who just uh, like uh, had you as, a, as an athlete uh, on his competition at the Czech workout battle. And he was mm -hmm. like completely blown off by the performances that you showed. So um, and he talked me, to, uh, told me that you're a lot into planning. Yeah, like you're you're planning a lot your your workouts. You have a really strict uh workout that's like at least what i remember do you want to talk about like how you structure you and plan your training yeah why not like we won't go into like a lot of depth in here but i can say some basic things some like outline some basic principles whatnot okay so like what does your training schedule look like and how do you plan it like right now I am basing things off with uh, like a th I have a th three week cycle right now. Like one week is structured a bit similar to the Texas method program. And I think that the Texas method, are you familiar with it actually? No. And I think uh, most of the visitors or some of them aren't as well. Well, so basically to explain the Texas method is a classic powerlifting routine for intermediate level athletes and uh, the main like like the main pro of this method is that it's really simple but it's really efficient so it's a weekly cycle basically you have the loading phase like a hard training session in the beginning like the original texas method has has five by five on monday so like five sets of five the heavy session then you have uh, two sets of five light, two light sets with a lot of reps in reserve on Wednesday, the easy session, the deload. And then you have the max out session on Friday where you, where you take your five rep maxes. So 
I have modified this scheme. Basically, I, my light session is on Tuesday, not on Wednesday, so I have two sessions in a row. And it's not like a deload session, but rather the, rather like an assistance session where, where I do my paused work. So I right now I put a lot of effort into my paused training, and it really helps me, especially on the dips. Like if you want a big dip, you have to do paused reps to strengthen the most vulnerable part of the motion. Like, and uh, the three-week cycle is basically, I altered the load between weeks. So one week is three sets of everything. The next week is four sets of everything. The next week at my max performance is five sets of, of everything. And like, if I take six sets, maybe I will recover, but it won't be sustainable. And I cycle this. So during the light week, I recover. And then I accumulate the load to push myself. And then I recover again, adding some weight every week. So like right now, it works something like this. Okay. And uh, do you have, like, do you train with a workout book uh, or, like, printed tables? Or how do you, uh, do you enter everything in your mobile phone? I just remember everything, really. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, if I need to like remember everything, like to the point of technique on like a given rep of a given set on a given day, then I usually just record everything and have it on my phone as we do. Okay. And I can imagine that you need to eat like a lot, a lot of calories. So um, how is it possible? Like, what is your nutrition like? How how is it possible for you to keep or to uh, like to gain even mass? Well, actually, that's not true. And uh, if compared to my friends, I usually eat like around the same or even less. Okay. I can bust. I can bust a great session on like almost empty stomach, and it's easy for me to like eat not a lot. And usually, I like I experimented a lot with uh, different kinds of food before training. Right now, I'm eating oatmeal before training, and it works great. Like it really charges me up with the right type of carbs and I feel great and energized before training. And then like later in the day, I just eat something like chicken, like different kinds of grains, pasta, whatever, like regular food, regular food. And back in the day, I was also used to eat a lot of chocolate and bring up the calories by this, but it was just like an addiction and right now i don't really eat chocolate and that's why i dropped like seven kilos because i'm trying to lose weight right now but usually yes it's like chocolate is a part of my regular eating habits something like this okay and uh you also like uh, you do you offer personal training but you you have like your uh you have your uh workout plans that's right like and do you also yes. offer programs like online coaching i i don't really do that as of now because i don't think i'm ready for like serious coaching because i think i still have to improve to really take people on so right now i'm coaching only one person like for money and two friends for free gleb and artem shirokov maybe you know him the the dude with a 60 kilo muscle up on the ring wow crazy like Like Pere did this and also Artyom later did this. Like, and basically Artyom's training was planned by me. Nice. 
So right now I'm just accumulating practice to later just be a good coach because I don't think that right now I'm capable of really taking people and providing them uh, like quality service. I still need to improve. Like online coaching is a serious thing and you have to be very responsible when you start it. So a bit later, yes, I will do this. But right now I'm still accumulating my practice and experience. Okay, so if people want to learn from your experience right now, they can uh, like learn by by online the, by the programs that they can buy. Well, the programs or just ask me, like okay. I answer almost everyone if the question is adequate. Okay, awesome. So if ever anyone is uh, like interested in his uh, in Matthew's uh, workout programs, we will also put a link down below uh, under the video. My Instagram and... basically is just Instagram. I don't have a website. Ah, okay, okay. That's good. We'll do that. Um, so, what does the day, one day in a, in a, one typical day in the life of Matthew looks like? Uh, like, how does it? Uh, what do you do during the day? Well, right now it's actually quite laid back and easy because I quit university like a year ago because it was messing with my mental health or, or something. But right now I'm in this intermediate stage of life where I'm basically deciding what I'm going to do next. And basically right now I don't do anything but training and uh, spending time with my friends or by myself. Okay. Like I wake up, eat my meal, either go for a walk or for a training session, have a different meal, go for a walk, like read something online or watch some videos and maybe go for another walk and then go to sleep. Something like this. Very simple. Nothing really complicated. Okay. <laughs> and uh, when you say you go for a walk, uh, you don't mean cardio, but you like, you just move. Well, it's a kind of cardio because I walk quite a lot every day, but it's not like an intense cardio. It's just regular walking, but I can walk like, 20 maybe up to 30 kilometers per day and it's normal for me what <laughs> that's crazy uh do you have a um a counter on your mobile phone who counts the steps you do or yeah steps is usually like my daily average is around 20,000. what <laughs> that's insane like uh, i have to admit that i like uh I track my steps as well, uh, and I like I my goal is five thousand every day because I'm I like I'm the in the office and most days I don't like I don't achieve this so twenty thousands for me is crazy. Well, actually, like back in the day when I was training at the gym, not at home, like to the gym and back, it's six thousand steps. So five thousand is nothing really okay. for me personally. Yeah. That's the the bad point of doing everything by bike, uh, by bicycle. So yeah. Well, bicycle um, is also really good. Yeah, it is. Like of course, but the the watch doesn't count. That's that's <laughs> bad for the ego. It hurts my ego that the watch doesn't count uh, <laughs> the bicycle steps. But yeah. Okay, nice. Um, so something that I was interested in is. Um, Do you think everybody is able to do the performances or would be able to do the performances that you show with uh, the same training, with the same diet, uh, and maybe also the same uh, like uh, uh, body type? Well, with the same body type, probably everyone. Like, there is nothing special about me. I have seen many guys with genetics better than mine, like for sure, like for, definitely for sure. And I think that my case is just the one of passion and the cold-minded approach. 
like because like my genetics are good but not like one out of a million like they're not super great so i think that the case is that like so far nobody has been so obsessed as i was like this is the case maybe like some people like andre smile who recently broke the chin up world record he's also obsessed to this degree but, but really it's just about how hard you go okay okay wow um that's yeah uh, yeah that's that's crazy it's like um it's it's hard to believe because like um it's uh like did you ever train like twice a day or is it like how how does somebody from the outside see your you see your passion like uh how is it like how does it transmit into the day well actually like a lot of people think that i train every day or several times a day but when they hear that i train like three times a week like a normal person they go surprised And uh, basically training makes me happy. Like when my training is good, I feel happy. Like, and this is the way it transfers to my everyday life. Like when I had a good training session, I usually don't quarrel with anybody. I'm just happy and chill, something like that. And don't you have the, the try to, to work out every day if it makes you happy? Or is it like, what do you do on rest days? Is it like, ah, damn well, it. Well, it's a bit of that, yes. But... Like training every day doesn't work unless you split it somehow. But I have only two exercises in, is in my workouts, so split options are quite limited. And also, as like as it works, the best for me to do pull and push in a single workout, so splitting is even more limited. So I'm stuck with having rest days, and I think it's fine. Like. One thing is that it makes you happy, but uh, the main thing is getting them results. So without the results, the training is pointless. So you gotta do what you gotta do. Okay, so you wouldn't have so much fun in the training if you wouldn't have the results, right? Like the tr my training is purely for the results. Like the fun is about setting PRs and getting the new results. Like the process is good, yes, but the results are much better. Okay. And uh, until now, what was the, the most rewarding uh, moment in your athletic career? Uh, probably the CWWB of 2019 when I was in Czech Republic. Okay. It was great. It was great and I also surpassed, surpassed my expected performance on the pull-up. Uh, but the dip was kind of lacking behind because my main goal for that competition was to dip 180 officially. But on pull-up, I expected nothing more than like 110, but I got 120 on the pull-up and only 170 on the dip because like the pull-up was first and there was a lot of time between movements. So I got burned out and later I couldn't mobilize myself. And then I came back home like two days, like three days after that and I did 180. <laughs> I was ready. It just was a, it was a psychological thing. Okay. Do you feel like a big boost when you uh, perform under like uh, adrenaline on a comp competition? Do you feel like a lot more strength then? Well, uh, 
it's a tricky thing because uh, on competition the equipment also differs like the, my physical state is great on competition even if i had crappy sleep and crappy food like on competition i'm always strong but uh the thing is that especially for dips like i focus a lot on the dips like pulls are secondary for me and uh, the dip bars really differ between competition the dip bars the belts the plates and it makes a lot of difference and usually i just can't transfer my strength perfectly in a competition like my dip bars over there were made personally for me and they are perfect but none of the dip bars that were in competition even the adam raw play uh, adam raw dip bars which were made specifically for cwwb they weren't perfect either so like but on the pull-up my performance really does improve okay as so it really depends on the circumstances okay and uh, like i also um wanted to share like your story with your uh custom-made uh, dip bars uh, because for me it's really it, it shows your pas passion for the sport uh, for your training um, do you want to share the story behind the custom-made uh, like dip bars in your gym? Why did you do it? How did you achieve to yeah, to finance it, etc.? Well, it wasn't that hard actually because uh, like the dip bars that I had in my gym, like in Safari Sport, which I attend, which I have attended for the last five years or something, they were great. They were comfortable, but the bars themselves were like really thin, like a normal pull-up bar or something and they also were quite fragile so to say like i have tried 200 on them but even at 140 150 the bars start bending a little bit oh and uh, <laughs> it was quite scary yeah. and also like i have a friend gleb which is here right now and uh, for me the bars were perfect but for him they were a little bit too wide in like too wide so he had his forearms like like this not like this perfectly yeah. but like this and so it like i thought about it and really came to, to a conclusion that my own custom-made dip bars need to be made the thing like it would sh like yeah it would show the passion and it would be great for gleb it would be great for me they would be durable and later on, it also got apparent that it was a great thing to do because of the coronavirus thing. And having a personal set of dip bars was perfect for this situation because I could just take them home and train. <laughs> yeah, that's something that uh, I guess a lot of street lifters would have wished uh, to just take the dip bars from the gym or from the park uh, home. So yeah, uh, that was like something that I liked uh, i like the story um, also these dip bars have a fun story to them like they were made really cheap like very cheap under 500 euros actually but the delivery was around the same cost as the dip bars themselves because they were transferred all the way from moscow and when they arrived they were like in one piece they weren't dismountable and the doors we have in our gym are very like narrow uh, and basically they didn't fit and we had to call a master to basically cut them in half like no. transfer the halves all the way to the gym and then 
wield them back together. And, and then we had to do it the second time to get them back to my home. But the, like the second time, we actually made them dismountable. So right now they have a lock okay. underneath. Oh man! It was fun. It was very. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of decision making. So it wasn't easy at all. <laughs> Crazy! That's a nice story. I didn't even know that. Wow. Um, so yeah, like, uh, but you also train like uh, you you don't like your front lever is also really strong. Uh, like uh, a it's few not, days, it's not. It's for not me. True. For me, it is like, and for most of the mm -hmm. people, it is. Uh, and uh, like, is it something that you are just able to do, or do you train for it sometimes? It is something that I trained back in the day. That's it. Like I have trained it, and uh, like I don't have. To do anything really to maintain it, it just is there. And like I do it sometimes to show off, sometimes to test it, and that's enough to maintain the strength basically. Okay. Same with handstand push-ups, with iron cross, with. Uh, you can do iron cross. Like I did it yesterday, or wow. like a couple of days ago. I'll post it into my Instagram a couple of days later. Nice. That's that's crazy to see because, as you said, like if I understand it right, your workout only consists of two exercises. Yes, it does. Pull-ups and dips. Yes. So one-up pull-ups is just uh, something that you do from time to time? No, no. Like one-up pull-ups, it used to be three exercises. It used to be one-up pull-ups also in the beginning. But like for when i started preparation for cwwb i got chronic soreness in my chest like i was training a lot and one arm pull ups were hurting me basically and also like at that point i already set a world record of 32 kilos so it was my goal for years and when i finally achieved it i was satisfied so okay. like i had no problem removing them and leaving just to exercise in, in my training so if I do tomorrow, like I do a 36-kilo one-arm pull-up, then you, you will start uh, taking the third exercise in your workout, right? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not because, like, the my friend Gleb, who is sitting right here next to me, he has a great genetic predisposition for one-arm pull-ups. He, like, he doesn't train one-arm pull-ups at all, and he did 20 kilos first try. Wow. Wow. Okay. So if he trains it, he can do 40, maybe even 50 kilos, but not now. Okay. Right now he is going for the 100 pull, and then maybe he will start one-arm pull-ups. Okay. Nice. Um, so what are the biggest mistakes that you see people do in calisthenics uh, or street lifting, especially? Like, I can go on about this for a long, long, long time, which won't fit into the interview, but... If we sum it up, the the biggest problem in street lifting is the bodybuilding type of thinking. So people come into the sport thinking that everything works just like in bodybuilding, and you see this a lot in like in various aspects in technique of the movements when they say that protracted shoulders on the deep is bad for like because it doesn't work chest as much and then they load up the dip and then they get like shoulder injuries and they complain about it in the internet like it's just stupid really 
they don't understand that uh, there are different forms for building muscle and for building strength. This is the one aspect. The second aspect is uh, rep ranges. Like a lot of people think that eight reps, 10 reps, 12 reps are useful for strength lifting. And uh, I think for novices they are, but when you get more advanced, you move like closer to four to six reps. And for me, even six reps is endurance. So like right now I work mostly three to four reps or singles. So also a big one is rest times. Like rest times is like a number one thing that came from bodybuilding because people think that resting more than three minutes between sets is bad. Like, I don't know why they think that. Like, why, why? Because uh, when you rest a lot, when you rest like five, six, eight, ten minutes, you are able to do more total volume. And, and as a result, you get, like, you get more results. Like, you get better outcome of a session. And why would it be bad? And I see people wasting a lot of gains of because of like rest times, like two minutes or 130. This is a big one. Also, I did a lot of assistance exercises. Like, this is my personal point. I don't like assistance as a thing at all. Like, for assistance, I personally do just pause movements. But I consider that for some people, assistance might be useful. And it's a tool that you must have in your toolbox, like, so to say. But still, I see people doing assistance without any without putting any thought into it, without like analyzing the movement and analyzing the schedule and applying the assistance that you need at the right time. They just throw in a bunch of curls, a bunch of rows, a bunch of everything, and then complain about how they don't recover and how the progress is not there. Like it's also extremely common. Okay. Okay, yeah, I can I can imagine. So, um, like, uh, maybe the, the last question in this uh, topic, um, how do people gain mass? Like, how is it, uh, like, if somebody has the wish to gain mass, just, uh, like, in, in terms of self-confidence, but also, like, related to, to strength, um, like, do you have any advice to gain Well, uh, it's actually quite easy. You train with progressive overload, you train basic movements, and you eat in a surplus. That's it. Like That's literally it. If you train with progressive overload, you like build strength, and uh, as long as you have that surplus of calories and enough protein, you will build muscle because of progressive overload. And the basic movements are the ones that tend to create the, like, the best response from the body. So these three factors are completely enough to build muscle and mass. Okay. Nice. So we come to the the quick question, quick answer uh, round at the end of uh, every interview. Um, so what do you prefer, pizza or burger? Pizza, definitely pizza. Pizza. No okay. question here. <laughs> do you prefer uh, dogs or cats? Nothing because I'm allergic to both. Oh, okay. what is your favorite animal? Do you have one? Oh, that's a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite animal is my training partner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> nice. Um, what was the best location you've been at uh, in holidays? Uh, Cape Fialent, which is like 30 minutes from me. Mm -hmm. It was great. Like I have some photos of it in my, in my Instagram. Okay. Um, how would your life be influenced if social media just disappeared? Well, I'd have to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get a job as a personal trainer. I'd have to get some credentials, uh, finish some courses or education, and then work as a personal trainer in the gym. And I'd lose all, all of my like international recognition, so I'd have to go into competitions more often. But basically, like I would survive. <laughs> okay, that's nice to hear. Um... Do you have a favorite calisthenics athlete or streetlifting athlete? Well, uh, it's hard to say like I have uh, role models or favorite athletes. Like I like everyone who is doing this with, with passion and is respectable to other athletes. That's it. So like, but the ones that I respect the most are the OG athletes like Adam Rowe or Ranjit. Like this kind of people, like especially Adam Rowe because he is like the OG of weighted calisthenics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, do you have a favorite book? Well, it's tricky because uh, I've read a lot in last couple of years, and uh, every book is like great in itself so making favorites is like like having a favorite book is like having a favorite memory from a lot from your life like it can be the case but different memories have different like vibe to that them and so do books but i have i like i like a lot of books but i cannot like name a favorite this okay. this is the thing okay um yeah and then the last question that i'm asking um normally is dynamics or statics but this doesn't fit <laughs> too much but what, yeah. what do you prefer to 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 look like when you watch calisthenics uh videos uh do you do you prefer like uh it's a, it's a bad question like uh let's say what do you yeah Yes, it's a very good question because firstly, I'm a strength athlete and like the second thing is that in Russia, we have a very biased attitude towards dynamics because there is this Russian style of street workout, which is per strength. And as like, we have this thing that is called technica, which is basically technic elements, which don't really relate to strength at all. And uh, back in the day, all of these dynamics were called like technic elements. Like in classic Russian street workout, dynamics are things like festo, front lever pull-ups, planche push-ups. So basically when your body moves, but it still requires strength. So right now, as I know, in modern calisthenic community, even like things like front lever pull-ups are called statics, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But for me, yes, definitely strength training like strength skills are like they outweigh dynamics by so much okay like uh, i just know the the world of bar heroes judging system and they call it a uh, strength uh, strength dynamics 
Uh, that's why what they are called like uh, Hefesto front lever pull up stuff like that. So static moves, but with strength. Uh, yes. Like, uh, so, so yeah, um, but I have the question. This is the final question of the interview. Um, if you have to decide between pull up, uh, like only being able to do pull ups in your life, or just dips, what would you choose? Dips, no question. Dips. Okay. Yes, dips are my love. Pull I love pull-ups also, but dips are just the holy grail of strict lifting for me. Okay, that's that's good. So, um, how can people get in touch with you? We already said, like, uh, if they have any questions, they can ask you uh, via Instagram. Is there yeah, anything just DM else? on Instagram? I will answer. Yes. Awesome. So we will put uh, Matthew's uh, Instagram tag in the in the description. Um, and yeah, and one question: uh, How can can you uh, pronounce your second name? Because I I wrote it down and I will try to to con uh, to pronounce it Zlatoverkoyovikov. <laughs> no, no. It's in Russian. It sounds like Zlatoverkovnikov. Okay. I will not repeat this, but uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> this was some a question mark Just in my hand. Zlat for sure. Yeah. For me, you're Matthew Zlat. Um, and yeah. yeah. Perfect. So uh, we're coming to an end of the episode. I want to say thank you to everyone who listened to this uh, till the end. I'm really, really happy, Matthew, that you took the time to be here. And before you are able to finish this episode and say goodbye to the people, I want to say thank you again. And if you want to let this uh, series continue, you can leave a comment down below who should be interviewed next and uh, rate this episode if you liked it and give us feedback. So, yeah. See you soon, Gorillas and Matthew. You can say goodbye. Yeah, sure. Thank you for this interview. I liked it a lot. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Bye.